Thanks for watching Breaking Truth, and please don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and follow. So I got the video of the Paul Pelosi DUI, and I want to be really, really clear here, is, is I'm not an ambulance chaser. I believe people's privacy is important. In fact, I would rather see if we did things like the English, and that's really hard for me to say, because I'm not a big fan of England. But I do like how they protect the innocence of people in the presumptive innocence category and keep their head covered and don't let them be seen by the media. And they have a media blackout. And media can be held accountable for issuing, if they find out, who the person is convicted of what crime. It's pretty serious, especially for capital punishment type cases. That would be capital punishment in the United States, not in England. Or large profile cases. They try to protect the innocence of the defendant. And I think it's really important. We don't do that here. So I, I take issue with bringing Paul Pelosi's personal DUI video. I don't, I don't slow down during car crashes. I don't want to see anyone in pain. But he is worth $150 million. And that gives me a little leeway to be <coughs> just a tiny bit selfish. I want to get to the video. Um, but let me set it up first on what happened. Um. This video was released on TMZ around 4.45 today. I actually had a copy of it. I, I didn't get to us quickly. But ultimately, um, the police said they had objective signs of intoxication. Objective signs are those visible keys that tell somebody is intoxicated. Slurring of speech. Um, involuntary movement of the pupil. We'll talk a little bit about that. Smelling alcohol in somebody's breath. Um the, the 360 degree rock, um, needing to lean or are supportive on, on something else, flushed cheeks. I mean, there's basic signs that will show somebody's intoxicated. Um, Paul Pelosi was driving his 2021 Porsche and he was severely intoxicated. And I have reason to believe that it's more than what was reported. And I'll tell you why I believe that having a few partaken in we too many martinis on occasion myself. He crashed his 2021 Porsche, beautiful Porsche, must be nice, um, around 10.17 p.m. on May 28th. So this is not a late night soiree. This is probably an, an evening dinner. And he drank enough in a one hour period of time to become severely intoxicated. This was in California. And it wasn't a DUI stop. It wasn't a roadway type setup or, you know, catch drunk driver. He hit what appeared to be a Jeep or a larger vehicle that had no damage to it. And his entire Porsche was wrecked. It says Pelosi said he started drinking at seven o'clock, which is impossible and finished around eight. There's no way. Um, but if that's true, then it leads us to believe if he finished drinking at eight, that his blood alcohol content and the, and the, and the blood test was four hours after he was taken into custody. Now the media is reporting too, but if he says, and we have to go by his personal testimony and what was recorded eight o'clock, he wasn't booked and the actual discovery and all of that, I believe the timestamp on the clock is 1130 something that we're going to see on the video, which means that he didn't arrive to booking until after midnight, 
and his blood test wasn't performed until after midnight, which is four hours. Now, depreciation of alcohol in the blood is like a 0.16 per hour, and it's pretty standard across all weight and height. How much you consume and put into your body is dependent upon your height, your weight, and your ability to metabolize. Processing it out of your body is pretty much exactly the same no matter your age, your weight, your height, or your sex. It's about 0.16 an hour, which ultimately means that he could actually go ahead, or 0.016 an hour, which means that he could actually go up to 0.064 on top of his reading of 0.086, which is not only drunk, really drunk. He was faced. And that's my reporting, because I'm going to tell you how I know this. Pelosi spoke with slurred speech and handed them his driver's license and an 1199 foundation card. When they asked for his ID, according to court documents, uh, just so you know, an 1199 foundation card is donation to highway patrol. And in my opinion, is a form of bribery. Um, I have concealed carry. I have my father's um, fires captain sticker. If I put that on the outside of my vehicle or I present that to an officer except for my ID or my concealed carry or my registration, what I'm doing is officially trying to uh, influence um, the stop and what happens with the police officer. By giving him an 1199, he's showing that he has given money and he's trying to bribe inadvertently. And honestly, I would have thrown those charges on. So that's something else you're going to hear here from me versus the other rest of the media. I would put a bribery charge or trying to influence an officer or trying to buy his way out. Mel says it was a platinum 1199 card. That's uh, that's not what 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 my research tells me. I don't know if you're just trying to be funny. 1199 Foundation card is California Highway Patrol charity that supports officers and provides scholarships for children. A great thing, but obviously trying to influence what happens to him based upon that card. At around 1017 on May 28, a 911 caller reported a crash near the intersection of California Route 29 and Oakville Cross. I know it well. About five miles from Pelosi's Vineyard Estate. Uh, the medics showed up. Napa deputies showed up, but California Highway Patrol handled the case. If it was local police, I think it would have been swept under the rug. Um, the other driver said he was going northbound, saw a glimmer of light, and then Pelosi hit him. Bruises were shown on Pelosi's hands. I have photographs of this. Um, Pelosi allegedly exhibited signs of impairment during his field sobriety tests. I'm going to go through which tests he had were administered. Observed objective signs and symptoms of alcohol intoxication. According to the documents, he had red watery eyes and appeared unsteady on his feet. But also, let's give him some credit. After an accident like that and his age, that can have an impact with and uh, coming off of adrenaline and things of that effect. Those signs can also be there, but that's not what it was. He was drunk. He was constantly, quote from the officer, he was constantly grabbing onto his patrol car just to keep his balance. One officer can be heard telling another as they discuss the situation. At the same time, Pelosi being seen walking in front of the dash cam with his hand on the front push bar. I've got video of this. The other, the other driver was identified as John Doe. Both of them declined medical treatment at the scene. You'll hear that in the video. I have it turned up for you too. You're going to hear the whole thing. You won't hear this on news stations because they don't have, they can't go up that high without clipping. 
But Doe on June 2nd told Napa County prosecutors that he had begun suffering pain in his upper right arm, right shoulder, and neck the day after the crash. And that's typical with neck injury. He also complained of headaches. Pelosi uh, poses for a mugshot. I'll show you that also that picture. He pled guilty to driving under the influence and causing injury. Authorities confirmed that the 82-year-old Pelosi was taken to Queen Valley Hospital for a routine checkup. And he had more than two hours to burn off alcohol in his system. But that's not according to his statement. And when someone tells you what time they stopped drinking, it doesn't matter whether it's a lie or not. That's the statement he made. And if he was lying to a police officer, he can also be brought up on charges for that. Speaker Pelosi had previously said that it would not comment on the incident, which a spokesperson said happened while she was on the opposite side of the country, of course. Paul Pelosi pled guilty. He received a sentence that included three years on probation. Uh, restitution to the victim and a three-month DUI program. I am livid, and I'll tell you why. He must also have certified ignition device installed on his vehicle for a year. And ultimately, that sentencing is a slap on the wrist. And, and I want to talk about the severity of this. So I'm going to show you some pictures, first of all. This is the Porsche in question. As you can see, airbags deployed. You can see a lot of condensation on the inside of the window, which is typical for California when an air conditioning is running. Um, and that's the first picture, him holding on to the car. This is the Porsche after impact rim is severely damaged tire is almost coming off the back side the rear fender is completely trashed and it looks like there's a side impact at the 12 o'clock position on the rear left side tire well this is the debris field as he went through some fence posts and some trees This is his hand. Obviously, he's suffering from broken blood vessels under the hand. It's standard in a lot of older people. If he is simply touched or bumps up against a corner of something, this happens. Happened to my father a lot at his age. And they were about the same age. And there is the other side of the vehicle. You can see the airbag is comes from above. It's a pretty safe vehicle. Um, can't imagine he was going too fast, but it is a standard accident that you would see. Let's watch the video. Let's listen to what it has to say, and then I'm going to go through some other slides that kind of put some things into um, perspective. And this is Paul Pelosi on the right side. And I want you to look at the timestamp. I was right. It was 11.30.35 on 5.28. So now this is three and a half hour, three hours, 35 minutes and 49 seconds posthumously from the eight o'clock stop of drinking. At this point, he would have um, roughly 0.16 times three and a half, 0.016 times three and a half depreciate out of his blood alcohol level. When he went back, um, I will have the number for you. I believe it was 0 0.086 or 0 0.082. And we'll walk through those levels and what that what that means, okay? Yes, to do anything uh, to 
draw any negative attention to you. Um, if you've been honest. So Pelosi really leaned forward and specifically said, this is who I am. I'm Paul Pelosi, undiscernible. Probably my wife is um, Nancy Pelosi. And so the police officer responds, says, yes, and I'm not trying to draw any, you know, additional attention to you. He tries to reassure him with a field sobriety test that if he was actually being honest with the amount of drinks that he had, that he should have no problem passing. And the officer handled himself impeccably. You should be worried about in terms of the alcohol you consume. Have you been honest with me about your consumption being only two, two glasses of, of, of alcohol? There's no reason why that amount will put you at above the the legal limit, but the way I, I think about it, right, if somebody's involved in a crash, right, imagine, imagine from a standpoint if, if um, and God forbid, one of your family members involved in a crash and the person who caused that crash has alcohol in your system, you would, you would want that person or that officer to do everything he can to make sure that that person wasn't under the influence, correct? So... Obviously, he's talking to him and trying to say, this is why I have to do this, because Pelosi was trying to obviously steer away. Hey, Thomas, cook yourself. Um, he's trying to steer away him from refusing to take field sobriety, because that's ultimately going to be worse for him. They're going to do blood anyway. Um, and he felt uncomfortable with doing it. No, he was driving alone. And that's, that's what I try to do with every every crash that I suspect that there might be some level of impairment. I just want to confirm that that's not the case. Interesting. That was edited out. Now, there are times that a police device, especially the audio or video, can cut out depending upon signal or if the officer is receiving a call. A lot, you know, over, over, over his uh, his walkie, things like that have an impact. But there was a moment of about five seconds of silence. So at this time, he tells him to give him a second, and they start talking to the other officer. So right there, he just says he refused medical attention. A lot of people are saying on the news that he's saying he reviews, refused the sobriety test. He did not. It's not true. He refused a medical deten attention. He said he didn't need any. The first officer is talking to the first sergeant who's there, who is the sergeant. He's a supervisor. And then he proceeds to tell him the following. So when he talks about um, HTM or NTM, the term nystagmus, okay, this is really important. And I wrote it down for you. I know what it is because I've, I've seen it with uh, EMT type work that I've done with people, but also with veterans who are suffering from addiction and seeing those signs. It refers to the bouncing and the jerking of the eye. Police officers are only concerned with the horizontal, not the vertical bouncing. And it's depicting that drug use or some sort of stimulant is being used. It's an involuntary 
use and the eye does it's more prominent with alcohol or any type of illicit substance or materials and what he's saying is that hgn test um he noticed from that visual without performing a test that movement of um nystagmus was happening in his eyes at the time and he could see it clearly so that's enough for somebody to move forward with a test so he's telling his desk sergeant that So then he goes ahead and he and the desk sergeant or excuse me, the field sergeant, supervising sergeant says, um, did he pass the Romberg? Now, the officer says that he did pass the Romberg and it's a test to measure your sense of balance. Usually one leg um, up, stand on one leg. Uh, please walk this short distance to diagnose their balance and their positional sense. It's done in neurological exams and everything else. And as we know, when you take an exuberant amount of alcohol, your balance is impeded. And obviously he said that he did pass the finger test somewhat, but did not pass. He did not want to execute the, the, the Nomberg test because he was leaning on the car and was having assisted positioning. I did not put his sobriety test on here. It's a very quick video. It's actually him just not even willing to take it. And that's what we saw at the beginning. I cut that part out because I, I wouldn't want that displayed for me. And I'm trying to be somewhat respectful, but um, he most assuredly did not take it because he was afraid he would fall because he was so intoxicated. Here's the rest of the video. Well, I didn't have him. I didn't even have him do it just because he had, he's constantly grabbing onto the patrol. He said, I didn't even have him do it because he was constantly grabbing onto the patrol car. And you can see he's walking around. Officers are on the other side. He's walking around the car right now, and he has to be assisted in his walking. And this is one, two, and almost an hour after he was stopped and in the crash. Um, I did see some HGN, um, and um, just based on the, on the Romberg. So now he's saying, based on the Romberg, do I proceed with drunk driving DUI or do I book this as a traffic accident? And he says, you need to go with the evidence and kind of what it says. And that is ultimately what you need to do. You collect it based on a series of of observations and then make the best determination that you can. And the determination that he made obviously was the right one. Looking at the volume of alcohol that he had was a 0.082. So I'm going to get out of this and then I'm going to show you some things that you're probably going to find disturbing and, and probably will upset you based upon what we've got here. First thing is if we take a look at blood alcohol content, 0.01 to 0.3, this is a lowered measurable blood alcohol level. At this mild level intoxication, you may feel slightly warmer and more relaxed. We want to go up to where he was, which was in the 0.07 to 0.82. Um, 
your behavior will become exaggerated, speaking louder, gesturing more. You may begin to lose control of small muscle, resulting in things like blurrier vision, and your judgment will be impaired. Let alone right there, that is a blow that is going to get you in jail in most places. However, at that 0.82, he's actually falls into the 0.7.09, which is mild impairment of speech, vision, coordination, and reaction times make it dangerous for you to drive in the United States. Aside from Utah, it is illegal to drive at above point eight blood alcohol content you will test as legally impaired but here's the problem he was three and a half hours almost four hours posthumously from the eight o'clock event and if i can go ahead and read that to you um and i already explained it to you that the point zero six is something that the alcohol depreciates at a certain clip at a certain rate that point zero six uh, could actually put him up closer to this number. And here it is in writing, how fast do I burn off the alcohol I drink? Your burn-off rate is measured by how fast your body can decrease your BAC percentage. The rate of everyone is about 0.016 per hour, as I stated earlier. If your BAC is 0.10 over the legal limit, if you wait an hour, it'll have gone down by 0.16. So if we go back to that original slide that I just showed you, this will show that he had a possibility of falling in between a 0.01 and a 0.2, a 0.013 and a 0.5, a 0.6 and a 0.19, and a 0.2 to 0.29. That's insane. Let's assume that we're going to split it and we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he was in a 0.13 to 0.15. At this point, your blood alcohol level is quite high. You'll be affected by blurred vision, loss of coordination and balance, and potentially dysphoria, anxiety, or restlessness. The term slumpy drunk applies, dysphoria will become stronger and nausea may occur, walking becomes difficult and you may fall and hurt yourself. Both of the things that the officer was concerned by based upon his expert opinion. Obviously, it's an issue. Turn your phone to the side if you can't see my slides. Um, the next thing that I will show you is this. This is the normal penalty for a first offense in the state of California. The first offense is a misdemeanor DUI. It's up to six months in prison, a $390 to $1,000 fine, mandatory IID period, which is the, um, the ability to blow into your vehicle in order to get it started. He did have that imposed. The DMV would suspend the person's license for four months after 30 days. The defendant could get a restricted license, allowing them to go to work, and then mandatory DUI school for three or nine months. Here's the problem. Five days in prison does not necessarily correlate to three years of probation. The three years of probation is usually done for extemporaneous reasons. Um, it could be a lot of different things. Um, inconclusive data or inconclusive results failed the field sobriety, but the blood alcohol didn't come back to the level that they anticipated. There's a lot of things that can happen where the person was still considered drunk, but they don't necessarily have the, the, the rock hard evidence to go ahead and say, here's a mandatory term or an extended term. He got off with a wrist slap. A wrist slap. Every day, about 32 people in the United States die in drunk driving crashes, including a family member, friend of ours who was a teacher, her two children, her cousin, and her husband were all killed by a drunk driver in a head-on collision when I was about seven years old. 
That's one person every 45 minutes. In 2020, 11,654 people died in alcohol-impaired driving traffic deaths at a 14% increase from 2019. These deaths were all preventable. I believe that drunk drivers are absolutely scum of the earth. I understand if you have a few drinks and you've gotten clocked. I'm not talking about a first offender. I'm not talking about somebody who had a beer at a ball game or two and was driving home and they got pulled over and they blew, uh, you know, a a an insignificant or moderate score over the over the the legal limit. This guy was not intoxicated. He was drunk as shit. at the very minimum with a 0.82. I've already done the math and I've told you if he stopped drinking at eight o'clock, he had more drinks than he said. Not only did he have more drinks than he said, he also lied about when he stopped drinking. A dinner party rarely will stop at eight o'clock. And if so, even if he showed up and he started eating at seven, that means that he would have had to consume at his height and his weight, which he is six foot and he's 175 pounds. It would have been four drinks. That would have just put him at a 0.82. If he falls within the 0.16 degradation per hour with a maximum of 0.064 additional onto a 0.82, that means that he would have had to have six to eight drinks in that time. That would put me in the bag. He was drunk horribly. So my point is this. Is that there is a separate amount of rules for elite class and especially the Nancy Pelosi clan. Remember when she went ahead and said that nobody could go ahead and and go to any businesses and everything had to be closed down and you had to be wearing a mask and she was caught not wearing a mask and then she went into a business to get a hair design her hair done and then she was set up by Republicans even though she's the one that broke the rules. There's no responsibility. Her stock tips, she was investigated by 60 minutes in 2014. Go to YouTube and watch that video where they lay out the charges exactly like she has against her now with insider trading and they've been looking at her since 2000. 2002. Paul is worth 150 million. She full family's worth 350 million. And obviously they're well known in the area. The amount of time it took for the police to administer a blood test is not unheard of. They had to investigate the scene. They had to ensure that they measured the scene. They did a full traffic accident with a DUI uh, investigation at the same time. And then transportation, it will take a couple hours. But usually the blood alcohol content, they will retroactively add it up and go ahead and say, because it's been this many hours since your last drink, this is where you would have fallen. And that is normal for everybody, like they said. To give him a 0.82 is a travesty. Don't agree with it. I think he should have served time in prison. I think a clear message needs to be sent, especially in California, with the amount of drunk driving cases that happen there. And we need to take a hard line on this type of stuff. And the fact that he got away with it is because he's an influential person. He handed them the 1199 card. He's a donor to the highway patrol. And they let him off easily because he's a persona. Because if it was you or it was me, we would still be in prison to this minute. That is the problem. That's all I have, folks. I hope you uh, enjoyed the show. Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255-PRESS-1. 22 veterans commit suicide. It's way too many. Do me a favor. Please reach out. Post-traumatic stress, traumatic brain injury, 
anxiety, depression, all very real. We need to make sure we take care of our veterans. 22 is too many, and it's increasing, unfortunately. Veteran Crisis Hotline can help. If you can't reach out, please call me, Leroy, any of the dummies. We'll be happy to make that call with you. You can actually make a call on a veteran's behalf. If you can't get a hold of them, you can't reach out, make a call for them. Veteran Crisis Hotline will take their name and number and call on your behalf or call anonymously to help. It's really important. It's free of charge. They will never ever tell your duty station so it won't impact your clearance or your service and if you are not a veteran they'll never turn you away whether you're a civilian or not it doesn't matter reach out to the veteran crisis hotline folks i'll be back tomorrow thanks for watching breaking truth and please don't forget to subscribe like share and follow